gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Well, as soon as Jack Grealish was made captain, the script was written. Him lifting the Championship trophy, getting his boyhood club to the Premier League. He will always be Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Hello and welcome back to the Gather Around the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. As always, I'm Regan. You can find me on Twitter at FineFoy and I'm joined again by Mark. Hello everybody, it's Mark Jarebi here. You can find me at Twitter at VillaMarkPGH. I hope everybody's well. I hope everybody's getting excited. There's a lot of news to talk about, Regan. Yeah, especially as last week's podcast was was uh, overhauled for the Christian Perslow Q&A, which was really interesting. We'll, we'll uh, talk a bit more about that later. If you want to listen to that before you listen to this podcast, it was our latest episode, so you can just go back one, give that a little listen. But yeah, since the uh, the last podcast, a lot has happened. Um, probably the the if if we go in uh, in a, a timeline of events, uh, Esri Concer has signed for Villa, um, and since obviously he signed, he's played in two games. Uh, against Minnesota and Shrewsbury, racking up 45 minutes across 45 minutes across both of those games. Um, he joins for a fee of around £12 million, and he's looked pretty solid from what we've seen of him so far. Yeah, he looks really good in Minnesota. I kept eyes on him. I think this. I don't think that Ezra Kons is maybe one of the players that you're going to see heavily, heavily involved. I think he might get some time for cup competitions or maybe a late sub in the game if one of the center backs are knackered. Um, I, I still think it's a good signing. Uh, he looks really, really well on the ball. He's not afraid to move it forward, and he's not allowed to. Where this is something just like personally frustrates me. Uh, center backs that have the ability to know when to turn around and just huff it back to the keeper if you, if you have a little bit of trouble. And he seems to not mind doing that whatsoever. So he can get forward and he's defensively responsible. I think it's a good signing, but I don't know if with the center backs we have now, if he's going to get any kind of crazy, crazy amount of game time. Yeah, I think he's definitely uh, one for the future. I think he'll get a couple of games under his belt in the season ahead, but I really can't see him making too much of an impact this season. Um, especially as another of Villa's latest signings is Belgian centre-back Bjorn Engels. Um, I've waxed lyrical about Engels uh, of late on Twitter. I think he's a really good purchase, um, and evidently Dean Smith does too. He's been scouting him for the last 18 months uh, while he was at Brentford, while he was at Villa, and obviously made the move to to bring him to the club. Um, He's 24 his stats are are quite quite good to be fair. He's he's almost like an upgrade uh on Twanzebe. I don't think he'll he'll meet the heights that Twanzebe does, um simply because Twanzebe's got much more time to grow. But Engels is certainly a good prospect even though he is obviously 24 he's a good prop prospect going into the premier league yeah i think the same thing and dean smith seems to really like him he was quoted as saying uh, another thing that attracted me to ingles was he scores goals it's something we want to target in the premier league to become a really good set piece team because you, it can win you games he scores goals he scores from set pieces he's good in both boxes so dean smith knows him like you said he's been scouting him for the last 18 months i mean he 
and the supporters from his previous clubs like really, really seem to like this player and they like what he brings. And you're seeing that a lot with a lot of the signings Villa bringing in that the fan bases from previous teams or even the international teams are really, really high on them as far as making a move to the Premier League because the Premier League is, you know, regarded as the best league in the world. So I, I think it's a great, great capture. I think you're going to see a lot of Ingles. Um, he's going to have to fight for a spot like everybody, but I'm all right with healthy competition. Dean Smith has talked about it all the time about having a healthy competition within the squad. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad signing at all, but I am very, very curious to see how he kicks off and adjusts to uh, life in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him in preseason yet. Um, we might see him uh, in the Warsaw game that is uh, starting shortly after this podcast will finish. Um, but yeah, he, he, he didn't play in Minnesota because he'd not trained enough and apparently he was carrying a bit of a strain for the Shrewsbury game. So we've not been able to see him yet, but... You know, fans fans have already come up with a, a chant for him to Robbie Williams' "Angels" tune. Um, so, you know, I think I think if he can start start on the right foot, he can surely become a, a fan favorite. I think so too, and he he's got it from what I've looked up on him and, and the stats and um a, a couple game films that I've seen outside of YouTube. It's crazy to think that people have the ability to find actual game footage outside of YouTube. I promise it's out there. You just have to you know ask around and do some digging on your own. Um, he he's menacing. He's a menacing center back, and it's I I'm not sure about his movement going forward as far as like passing the ball out from the back. But if you have him lined up to somebody like Tyra Mings who can spray balls all over the pitch with some pretty shocking accuracy, I think he's going to be kind of the defensive rock back there and maybe him and Mings will create a partnership I'm hoping for the best and I'm, I'm sure he's going to he's going to give Aston Villa and Aston Villa supporters his best as well I, I think as well something to note is um, I've been looking at some of his his footage and something that he's he's quite adept at is covering for the the wing back if necessary you know if if they're if they're overloading on the left hand side um, so that would be against Frederick Gilbert um Engels is pretty adept at knowing when to step out of his position to to help uh, the the right back. Um, so you know, obviously, if Mings is at left centre back, he's going to have to have the know how to know when that's going to happen. But you know, if if someone does start targeting Gilbert in a game, then you know Engels can can definitely have an impact in that area. I think you're totally right, and that plays into the whole fact that we now have a little bit more forward-thinking modern-day fullbacks at Aston Villa with Matty Target and uh, Gilbert. So they're going to be getting up the field a lot, and I think you're going to see that. So uh, the, whatever the, uh, the center mid actually is who sits in the middle of the park is going to have to watch that. But to have a person like Ingles at the club you know, and a player that has it in his locker that he does need to – almost carry the defense whenever his fullbacks and wingers are getting high up the pitch, that's only a good thing. Um, I, I think that – you're going to see that a lot. I think Villa are going to overload one side or the other side of the pitch. So to have a center back have, have the mental aptitude to understand where he needs to be in case the the play breaks back the other way and towards him, I, it, I think it's going to be fantastic. But I, I just, for some reason, the more and more I watch angles, I really think that he would line up next to Tyron Mings really, really well. It's just a feeling. I have absolutely no factual basis on that. It's just an opinion, just my instinct. But I think that might be a really, really good partnership moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, it, it looks like the defence is is almost sorted for the life in the Premier League. Um, you know, we've got Taylor and Target at left back, uh, centre backs with Mings, Concert, Engels, Chester, and uh, Hawes, uh, and then Gilbert, El Mahamadi, and Bree uh, at right back. So we, you know, we've got depth in all the areas, but we've we've been linked with uh, Luyendama, a Congolese international who plays for Galatasaray. 
um, in the past week. I'm not sure how how uh, accurate these reports are, but we're we're linked with a 12 million move. And you know, I, I had a look at his uh, stats, gave them a bit of a, a bit of an analysis at face value. And he looks uh, in in pretty similar vein to Engels and um, Mings, but realistically, I can't see that happening unless uh, Dean Smith's got worries about James Chester. Yeah, and I think even for the worries about James Chester, let, let's say that um, you know Chesney does get a couple games and his knee is not feeling as great as once thought. I think that's where you see Kansa kind of move up into that role. And I've been very very vocal about the fact that I want five identifi- identifiable center backs. Uh, so we have that at the moment. I, I just think that the defense is sorted now. Um, uh, I don't know. Like You, you kind of look at other defenses of, of Premier League teams, and they don't have as much depth as we do, it seems. The more I'm looking at some of, some of the rosters and some of the squads. So I, I think that this is settled, and I think Villa are going to get linked with a lot of players in the run-up to the uh, close of the window just for the fact of how much money we've spent. So it's going to be an easy link to kind of link players that fit into that Dean Smith model. But it seems as far as the back line and the depth for me, I think we're fine. I don't know if James Brees stays. I would like him to stay. Um, I don't think he needs to be dispatched out on loan yet again. I would just like to have that little bit of a cover. Um, just in the event of uh, El Mohamedy, we don't know how he's, how he's going to be. He had a great season last year, don't get me wrong, but he is kicking on a bit now. I'm not saying he's injury prone or anything like that. But just, just in the event that, you know, Gilbert might need a game off or something of that nature. I think James Bree needs to stick to the club. I think this is like make or break time, figure it out coming off the bench maybe. But, I mean, we'll see. But for me, I think the defense is sorted. I don't think anyone really else comes in. Yeah, I think if, if someone does come in, it will be a bit of a shock. But, you know, obviously we're only not even halfway through uh, our preseason yet. Um, but who do you think the, the, the starting back four will be for the uh, the Spurs game? Uh, for me, I think it's Target, Mings, Angles, and Gilbert. That's 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 what I think. I, I think you're going to get people in places where they need to be. Uh, it's not a knock on James Chester. It's not a knock on Courtney House or Mohamedy or any of the other guys that may sit behind there. I just think Dean Smith is going to make a big, big statement of intent against Spurs, and he's going to go on the front foot from the off. I, I think that, you know, if... If he does that, and even if we do happen to lose that game, it's going to show to the supporters. It's also going to show it to his players that he's not joking around. He wants to be offensive. And I'm not saying that, you know, you throw all caution to the wind and that shores you up at the back. But, you know, this is the Spurs game is going to – people are going to be excited about it to the point that they want to see exactly what Dean Smith can bring. I'm still not confident of the fact that we saw the best of Dean Smith's tactical awareness and his know-how with some of the players that he had to – I don't want to say he was forced to play, but it kind of needed to. It's it's not a knock on Glenn Whelan, but I mean, some of the midfielders that we have in this team are more athletically gifted than Glenn Whelan was last year. So to see the exclusion of those players that that we released, and then the incomings, and then maybe giving you know a player like Henry Lansbury a chance, I think that's massive. So I think for the Spurs game, you're going to see it on the front foot right right from the whistle. I'd I'd be interested to interested to see that, but you you know, I think you know we, we've got to get to the end of uh, preseason. We've got to finish the Leipzig game, and we've got we've got to see what what kind of position we're in. Obviously, anything can happen, but I think I think I do agree with you in the fact that it'll probably be Target, Mings, Engels, and uh, Gilbert uh, as the back four. Yeah, I, I I think that Leipzig game is a bigger test than a lot of people realize. I know it's just like preseason and, you know, people aren't looking at players, you know, of what they can do. But the, I think that's that's a really, really good time to have that friendly 
to have that kind of exhibition to figure out exactly what's going on. I don't think we go to the Leipzig game and you're seeing, okay, 45 minutes of this 11 and then 45 minutes of this 11. I think you play it straight through. I almost kind of feel like you have to play that game as if like it is a Premier League game or it is is a Europa Cup game or something like that. Um, Not in terms of importance, just in terms of, okay, here's where we are. This is how we're lining up. This is our tactics. This is what we want to do. It's almost almost like a build-up to the Spurs game. And I, I think you're, uh, Dean Smith and his coaching staff smart enough to know that that's a really, really big preseason game for us. Yeah, and you know, I think I think obviously the, the games that we're playing, we're, we're we're building towards that. You know, before the Leipzig game, we've got Charlton, who are obviously newly promoted Championship side, so they'll be more of a test than the likes of Shrewsbury and Warsaw. Um but Leipzig is, yeah, Leipzig's the icing on the cake in terms of the preseason. If we can get a result there, it stands us in good stead for the season ahead. Even though preseason really means not a lot, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't mean a lot. I, I just think that, you know, if there was going to be a last preseason game before the Premier League kicked off, it's good to go to a team like Leipzig and actually make a not a go of it like you don't need to win the game like 6-1 you don't need to you know even you know go out there 100% but that's like the last solidifying practice basically before you go and Spurs away is going to be tough there's no there's no points about it I I just said that I think Dean Smith's going to go you know on the offense as soon as the whistle's blown and I I truly do believe he's going to do that but you know the Leipzig game I think that's like the final like mark of fitness like okay now we have it pinned down what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Let's go out there and do it. And it, it, it that's just the way it's got to be. I, I'm not sure that we'll, we'll be so gung-ho about it, but at the same time, you know, in the personal interview, he said that Dean Smith's going to go to the big boys and try and get points. Um, so, you know, we'll, we will have to wait and see. But, you know, there's there's been more transfer activity than than what we've already mentioned uh, in fact there was a signing announced today after the weeks and weeks of will he won't he Trezeguet has been announced as an Aston Villa player um the Egyptian winger joins for around 8.75 million pounds plus some significant add-ons uh, i believe that the add-ons will be performance based um much like Mings so you know it'll be the likes of uh, how many goals he scores, how many assists he gets, etc., etc., that will increase the price of this transfer. Um, personally, I would say this is one of the more important signings of the window. Window, I think he can he can really add something, and he can really work alongside Wesley quite well. Um, perhaps in the role that Scott Hogan was playing in Shrewsbury. Um, but we, we've we've spoken to uh, two. Egyptian fans, one of which is an Aston Villa fan and one of which is uh, an Egyptian fan in Egypt. Um, they, we'll go to the Aston Villa fan first, which is Ahmad Fouda, and then we'll go to Kareem Abdrabo um, to get their views on Trezeguet. Hi everyone, it's Ahmed here. Just talking to you about Mahmoud Hassan Trezeguet. He's a 24-year-old winger who has a very direct style. He loves to take a player on and whip it across, but also can cut in and take a shot or find a key pass. He has great close ball control and he has potential um, to have the same impact as NY Ghazi did last year. I'm excited to see how these two link up. Trezeguet can play on both sides of the pitch and has the same end product as Elmo in my opinion where he can find the perfect cross but from time to time he may put one in the stands. Overall, I think we have a great buy on our hands and I think he'll be a great signing for us. Um, I'm really excited to see how he'll go this year and 
up the villa hello villa fans this is kareem today i'm going to talk about aston villa new signing the egyptian international mahmoud trezeguet and what the fans should expect from him firstly i'm going to cover which position trezeguet can cover on the pitch secondly i'm going to highlight his strength and lastly the areas he needs to improve trezeguet is a versatile player who can play either as a right winger, left winger, or behind the striker in 4-3-2-1 formation. But his preferable position is left winger. He likes to cut inside on his right foot. His main strength is the dribbling. He's a massive dribbler. The first thing comes to his mind when he takes the ball is to go one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to sound exaggerating here, but he goes the same way of Luis Figo. I'm not making comparison here, but I'm trying to give a clear idea of his style of play. He got as well a great vision on the pitch. He can make a sneaky through passes. He has a strong defensive contribution which was developed under the Argentinian Hector Cooper during his spell with the Egyptian national team. Plus he's a good at shooting at and at taking close range free kicks. Plus his work rate is massive. Mostly he plays with high intensity which can help him to adapt to the Premier League intensity easily. He just needs to improve his finishing and how to distribute his effort through the 90 minutes of the game because sometimes he ran out of fuel at the last 20 or 25 minutes of the game. I believe that Dean Smith will work on that before the league starts. Finally, I wish him successful career with Aston Villa. Thank you for listening. Massive thank you to Kareem and Ahmad for allowing us to get a more familiar look at Trezeguet. Um, from what they said, Villa's got a real player on the hands, Mark. I, I really think so, and especially with um, you know being spoken about the fact that he he can play all across. You know he, he's more familiar on the left than he is the right. I think it's going to take a, a bit to knock Anwar Aghazi off the left hand side of the pitch for Villa. Um, I, I, I'm looking for Trezeguet to play more on the right, but I liked it how it was said that he can play central attacking mid as well. Uh, like right behind the striker. I, I love that. Um, I'm not saying that Trezeguet is purely going to be a sub out for Jack Grealish, but let's say like late in the game, Grealish needs to come off. He, he's gassed. He does, you know, he, you know, the legs are shot. However, it goes, you know, during course of a game, you know, Trezeguet can move from the right into the center and then bring uh, Yota on. Uh, so I think that would be like something that would actually really, really work. That'd be a really, really good option. Um, I, 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 Everything about Trezeguet has pretty much been said already. His worldwide acclaim is insane. The man is loved and revered, not only at, like as a club level, but especially you know through a nationality level of Egypt. He's absolutely adored and loved. He's got crazy amounts of followers on social media. Uh, I think this is a really, really big signing for Villa. I, I think it's it's being downplayed a lot. Um, just for the, the fee, because there's not a massive, massive price tag attached to it. I think he's going to do really, really well at Villa. And I think this is going to be somebody who not only does well this season, but does really well for the next couple of seasons. Um, his key passes are off the charts. I think he had 78 or maybe I think it's 78 key passes last year. So it's just absolutely outrageous. And, and you add that to all the other players that have been brought in, the players from last year that were actually at Villa with their amount of key passes and passing percentages. This, this is the model of what Dean Smith seems to want to be bringing to the club you know as well with Suso um so I I don't know what, what do you think I mean do you, do you think this is something where he, it's I mean I'm like I'm kind of shocked at this one like I'm shocked that this got over the line it was rumored for a while but I'm shocked about it yeah well I know a couple of uh French and Italian clubs were interested in him 
Um, but I'm, I'm not that shocked of it happening. You know, the Premier League's a big pull. Um, and, you know, with, with Al Mohamedi in the squad uh, whispering sweet nothings into his ear about how good Villa is, I thought it was always going to be a possibility. I think it was just the price that was potentially going to stop him joining. But, you know, he's an Aston Villa player now. And it gives us more options of what we want to do. You know, um, like you said, we, we, we can now sub players and move players from the positions they've been playing in into players that they're comfortable in already. So, you know, we could sub Jack Grealish off for uh, Hotter and move Trezeguet from the right or the left or wherever over into the middle. And it just gives us that little bit of added dynamism. Yeah, and you, you can't put a... I mean, I mean, you can technically, but I, I don't think you can really put a price tag on players that are multifaceted that can play in different areas of the pitch. I think you kind of need like a roundsman like that who, who's able to go around and he can still find himself productive in different areas of the pitch. Again, I don't think he's going to knock Anwar Al-Ghazi off of the left-hand side of the pitch, barring anything crazy. Um, but I do think that Trezeguet has immense quality in his locker um, and we're not used to seeing that at Villa over the past three years it's kind of crazy that we went from you know we'll say Robert Snodgrass and Albert Adoma and now we have Anwar Algazi and Trezeguet um, that that makes my mind spin and I get it we're a Premier League club now but it's just the fact of like wow we're, we're really making a go of this and that's what the Trezeguet signing makes me feel like basically yeah, I think, you know, nobody can dispute that we are really making a go of it this year. Um, and I, I think that links in quite well to, for us to discuss um, the, the whole event of Minnesota. You know, it's been it's been such a long while since uh, Aston Villa have been in America. And I know this is very close to your heart. So I'm going to let you speak about it uh, for a while. And then we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Perslow's interview. Yeah, personally for me, Minnesota was a really, really cool moment, not only for me as an Aston Villa supporter, but for me as just a fan of football. Um, you know, under a gaslit lamp means a great deal to not only myself, but to Regan and so many of our other writers as well. Um, we were able to actually get the Perslow interview recorded. Um, not a lot of people were thinking that that anybody was going to have that entire interview, and we got it in audio format. It was massive, massive for us. I can't really speak enough about it. Um, I also just want to take a second and thank um, Derek Tibbetts from the Minnesota Lions, Simon Leach from the Chicago Lions, Simon Tissington from the San Diego Lions, and Rick Long from the California Lions. These men get together all the time and bounce ideas off each other, not only for things like when Villa comes over to the States, but also once a year there's a meetup for Nash, uh, North American Lions. And it, you're, it's not exclusive. If you're in England and you want to come over and join it, it's great. Um, you can uh, find it online at Facebook, uh, a 7th annual uh North American Lions Club meetup. Um, I really urge everybody to go to this if they really can. I attended my first one last year. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, they raise money for acorns for, through a live auction. Um, in Minnesota, there was a training event where Lions Club chairs were invited, and they got a lot of memorabilia signed that will be, um, you know, given to acorns when the when the money gets gathered together. Uh, in Minnesota alone, we raised two thousand three hundred dollars for acorns. That money is going to be added to whatever the auction finalizes in uh, San Francisco in September. Uh, just doing our part. Acorns is very, very near and dear to us over here. That's that's how we feel. It's our way to give back to the Birmingham community is by helping out such a noble cause. Um, I can't say enough about it. So if anyone out there wants to look up the, the meetup, be, be sure to. Uh, you can contact me, you can contact Regan, any of our social channels, and we'll get you in touch with the right people. Um, 
as far as Minnesota goes, the experience was outrageous. I've never had there, there's a real sense of community in the states with with the Lions chairman. Um, it's kind of hard to explain the camaraderie, but what you, what you don't get to see each other in the flesh often. But when we do, it, it's almost kind of like a family reunion. And uh, I actually talked to um, Ashley Priest, the uh, new Villa writer at the Mail, and he he told me as well he's never seen anything like it. He wasn't expecting the turnout to be that big. Um, so yeah, it was just a really really cool time. I mean, it's not only for me personally with under a gaslit lamp, but for me as a Villa supporter in the states. Um, you know, I think a lot of people take it for granted when they live over in the UK and they follow Villa that they're able to follow them home and away whenever they want. So whenever you actually have us that are over in the States or, you know, in other countries where, when Villa comes there, that's a massive, massive deal. There was a lot of people I talked to that never have seen Villa live and have never th- even thought that they'd see Villa live through financial restrictions or life happenings or things like that. So this was a really, really major big deal for a lot of people that have been following this club for a very, very long time. Um, I, I don't, I don't mean to rant about it, Regan. It's just one of those things that it, it was a really cool moment. Um, you know, not only professionally, professionally for under a gaslit lamp, but also personally, I think it was just a really, really cool moment. I can't wait till they come back. It was, it was amazing. I mean, everybody's listening. You, you can see the pictures and the videos through our feeds. We, we were just having a blast over there. It does sound like you had a really great time. Um, and the, the, there's something else that added to that little, little bit of coolness over the, the last couple of weeks. Um, you had media credentials for the game. I did have media credentials. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say that I didn't have a clue what I was doing whatsoever. I, I didn't have a clue. Um, <laughs> basically made sure my uncle got the seat right and everything put him in some good hands with some of my Villa buddies. Um, yeah, we drove. I think the driving to Minnesota was a 16 and a half hour event. We hit rush hour in three major cities. So it took a little bit longer than we wanted to. Um, and I think coming back was another 15 and a half. But um, yeah, it was it was really cool. I walked in, I walked up to a security guard and said, "Hey, man, I've never been here before. I have media credentials. Is there any way you can help me out to point me in the right direction?" And this security guard, his name was Nick. He was super, super nice. Walked me all the way around the stadium to where I had to go. Um, got the credentials and everything. And before I knew it, I was on the elevator, literally right next to the tunnel to walk out on the field. I was able to take a couple pictures and whatnot. Uh, my phone started rapidly dying in in the middle of of me taking pictures and whatnot. So I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do with the media credentials. But for me, that was probably one of the most surreal things in my life, standing 15 feet away from Jack Grealish and taking pictures for under a gaslit lamp. I'll never forget that as long as I live. (laughs) I am glad that you enjoyed it. Um, And, you know, we managed to get a couple of things from the the Minnesota press conference. We managed to get, obviously, the the personal question and answer. Um, But... Were there any negatives of the whole experience, or was it just, you know, high upon high upon high? Uh, the one negative, and it's not to talk bad about the club, and it's not to try to throw stones in a glass house or anything like that. I have massive, massive respect for what Aston Villa does for their for their supporters, especially when they do something like come over to the States. But the, uh, the kit reveal at Brit's Pub, that's where we were all hanging out at, was a little overwhelming, not only to me personally, but to a lot of other Villa fans there. Um, we were told to be at the pub at 9.30 in the morning, um, 175, I, I believe that was the number, 175 people were outside waiting to get in the Brits pub for this kit reveal. Um, and most of us were at the pub until 2, 2.30 the previous night. So some of us jumped up, hung over on maybe four hours of sleep to attend this. And by the time we all get gathered, they showed a 45 second video. Uh, that just seems for as, as hyped as it was, it was very, very underwhelming. 
Um, hopefully this is something Villa looks at and that they're actually hearing the supporters that maybe had a little bit of a gripe about it. And hopefully they look to improve upon that in the future. We're not saying that you need to roll out like smoke and lasers and lights and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's not the American stereotype, but it would have been nice. Uh, Chris Fetters, the, uh, Seattle, uh, one of my buddies from Seattle, um, that was at the event. He, um, he talked, he was like, well, why didn't they have uh, models? You know, they could have grabbed any of us. Like, there were so many, you know, Lions Club chairman and stuff there. You could have picked a, a model for every different body type with how people didn't know that Kappa's kits are going to fit. And that would have gave them a better feel for what they should actually be buying. Um, I think that was a great idea. And hopefully that's something Villa looks at moving forward of just being able to model the kit or, you know, just make it a little bit more of a production. And it, again, it's not a slight on the club, but that is literally the only negative I can even slightly think about through the entire experience in Minnesota. Yeah, and I mean, it, it didn't help the fact that, you know, there were rumours flowing around Twitter and other social medias that, you know, there was going to be a player reveal alongside the away kit reveal. Um, and all, all of these kind of rumours, you know, people half expecting Bjorn Engels to come out in the away kit, Douglas Luiz to come out in the away kit. And, you know, all it was was a a, a stream of the, the video that they were showing on social media anyway. So it was almost hyped up to be something different for you guys, but it ended up being exactly the same, just live. Right, and we were just on to the assumption, and maybe, you know, they'd say what about assuming and everything, but like it just felt like they were doing something, or they were going to attempt to do something incredibly different, and then it ended up with a 45-second video, and the first, like I'm going to say, 15 seconds of the video had a little bit of technical difficulty, so there wasn't even any audio for the first 15 seconds. Um, it, it just seemed a little fly-by-night, and not not to you know build up any other supporters better than any, but honestly, like I feel like if they would have just consulted the Lions Club chairs or even just fans that were around, if they would have just sent emails or something like, hey, what do you what do you feel you guys want to see while we're over there as far as as far as this kit launch? We'd really really want to know. We really want your opinion. That that would go you know miles. And you know not not saying that Villa wouldn't ever do that, but I just think that you need to have that communication with your supporters. You need to know you know, what, what they're looking for, what the expectations are when you p- try to put on something of this magnitude. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it, it was possibly a little little underwhelming for you guys. But, you know, at the same time, the, the interview with Christian Perslow, um, you know, I think that, that I think that kind of made it up for you, I guess. Oh, for me, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, it's, I don't, should, should I tell the story of how it all went down? Do you want, do you want me to get into that? You can do. So I had it in my head for a week. Um, we actually knew about the Christian Perslow Q&A before a lot of other people did. So I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know the atmosphere of how it was going to happen. I didn't know what the room would look like. I didn't know if Villa were going to video record it, if they were going to audio record it. So literally, we were told that uh, Perslow was going to show up about an hour earlier than what was projected. So I made sure I was in the, uh, they called it like the clubhouse portion of Brit's Pub. I made sure I was in there pretty close to where the chairs were up. And I honestly just took my phone out of my pocket. I went to voice recorder. I hit record and I put the phone directly behind where he was sitting. It was as simple as that. People asked me like, wow, you know, how did you get that audio? And it sounded, you know, pretty good and all that kind of stuff. Like how far away from me? I was like, no, I literally put my phone down. I went and had lunch. (laughs) That's literally what I did. I was actually shocked that nobody at the Villa social media team took any kind of video or any audio about the things he was saying. Now, I, I, it probably wasn't meant to be an interview that was meant to be recorded, but that was another reason of why I wanted to record it. But yeah, again, it was a great capture for us, and it definitely made up for you know a little bit of an underwhelming kit launch. And if you haven't listened to the interview, please go back to our uh, latest podcast before this one. 
and you can listen to it. It's it's a really, really good listen. And he's honestly just sitting there and, for lack of a better term, shooting the shit, drinking a beer, and, talk, and answering supporter-submitted questions. It was, it was a really, really cool moment. And, I mean, there, there's some key quotes that, you know, we were able to pick up out of that. Um, you know, there's, there's a quote about uh, Nasef and... Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> um, Nasef and Wes uh, pumping £60 million into the club to save the club from liquidation, where they basi- he basically said uh, if they hadn't arrived, we'd have ba- basically had to have done a, a Glasgow Rangers and uh, restarted as a club. Yeah, what did he say? Villa couldn't, couldn't pay a $4.1 million tax bill? I think that's what he said. Pound. Yeah, sorry, pound. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, but that's that was shocking. Like there was actually audible gasps in the crowd whenever whenever he started talking about that point in time for Aston Villa. So to see where we we were where then to where we're from you know right now, um, that's it, it's absolutely massive. And I think that's where like you saw a lot of the videos of the Villa supporters in Minnesota being very loud and very boisterous. I think that was three years of the championship and just how we've been for the past decade or so just come out. Like I, I really think that it, it was coming out of people's souls and coming out of their hearts. You know, singing so proudly and just being so happy. You know that Villa's back where they rightfully belong. It was a truly beautiful scene. I'll I'll, I'll never forget those couple of days for the rest of my life. Honestly, I I can completely imagine that that's the case. But like at the same time, um, you know there there were some great great other things that that Perslow was saying. You know, he said they expect two or three more signings. I think that's probably one or two now. Trezeguet's come. Um, he said that anyone that has the club's approached, uh, nobody has said no. Um, and among, amongst other things, like Dean Smith uh, arriving for his interview at half past ten at night on the night that he was called, asking if he would like to interview for the job, and uh, sitting there for six hours with Christian Perslow in a hotel room, uh, basically interviewing for the job. And Christian said he, he knew straight away that uh, you know that that was that was going to be the case. He was going to be the Aston Villa manager. Um, Whilst whilst I'm talking currently, the uh, starting eleven to face Warsaw's just been revealed. Um, it's looking like we're going to have uh, Lovre Kalinic in goal, Gilbert at right back, uh, a centre back pairing of Mings and Engels, uh, Matt Target at left back, a midfield three of Hurahan, Lansbury, and Jack Grealish, and then Hotter and Green on the wings with Wesley in the middle. What, what do you make of that? I love that. We just talked about that back line. You know, I, I think that's pretty – you got to get those guys uh, solid all the way across. It would be nice to see Ingles. I'm not, not upset about that. Uh, Lansbury coming in is big. He, he, looked, he looked really good in, uh, in, in Minnesota and uh, a little bit at Shrewsbury. Not, not like amazing at Shrewsbury. He looked all right. Um, I, I'd love to see Wesley put a goal in today. I would absolutely love it. You might, you might actually hear me from Pittsburgh if, if he hits the back of the net today, Regan, honestly. Um, and it's looking like Kalinic is going to get a full 90 minutes against Warsaw Um, the club hasn't announced any 45 minute uh, team changes Um, on the subs bench there is Jed Steer James Bree, Neil Taylor Courtney Hawes, Issa Solomon makes an appearance Berker Bjarnason, John McGinn, Callum O'Hare Keenan Davis, Rashawn Hepburn Murphy and Scott Hogan Um, which is interesting because there's no James Chester yeah no Chesney I'm wondering what's going on with that um Again, he he talked he talked in in Minnesota about he he's feeling all right, and it's something he's definitely gonna have to manage. So I wonder if if it's gonna be touch and go. I, I don't I don't think you can really disrespect what 
Chessie has done for Aston Villa over the past few seasons now. But at the same point in time, I think that's going to be something that's going to be touch and go. I don't think it's as bad as people are making out to be. Like people are making it out to be like he was done and he'd have to retire. I don't. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I do think it's a long road to rehabilitation, and I'm sure he's not 100 percent at the moment. Even even as far as he's been out, I'm I'm sure it's still a long, a little bit of a ways back for him. But um, yeah, I'm loving that starting lineup. Subs are great. Issa Solomon. It's all, always good to see that. Uh, a very very you know promising prospect. It, it's kind of time to figure out if he's uh, if he's going to make this step up. I don't think it's going to be this year, but I, I think it's something that uh, it, it's all positive. It's it's Dean Smith wanting to you know utilize young players. I love it. I absolutely love it. Personally, for me, I think he's in the last year of his contract. So for me, it, for Solomon, it's it's it, this year or never. Um, we're perhaps reading too much into it for, for Chester because, you know, there's no sign of Constant, there's no sign of Algarzi however. They're probably just feeling a bit sore after after the, the pre-season they've had so far and they've probably been left out. You know, it gives opportunities to other players. Um, so I think, you know, let, while we're here, let's do, it, let's do a score prediction for the game tonight. Uh, score prediction for tonight against Walsall. I'll say 3-1 Villa. I can I can see three one Villa again. This is me hoping for it, just because I want to see him get off the mark, even in a preseason capacity. I think Wesley gets one. Um, I'm going to go Lansbury again, and I don't know. Let's say Bjorn Ingles off a corner for the for the third. I th- I think that that's pretty much how it's going to go. I was going to go with three one as well, but just just to be different, I'm going to say two nil to Villa. I'd like to see Kalinic keep a clean sheet. Yeah, he didn't have much to do. Um, so far throughout preseason while being on the pitch. So uh, I'm not saying I want Villa to part the seas and let him, let him make some stops or anything like that, but um, I'd like to see him get a little bit more active for sure, as, uh, you know, coming off injury and, you know, with the emergence of Jed Steer. Let's, let's see a good old-fashioned, um, you know, fight for that, for that spot between the sticks. I, I, I really like to see that. And while we move away from the Walsall game and return back to Perslow, we're, we're going to look at... Uh... Head coach Gemma Davis of the Villa, the the newly minted Aston Villa women, um, and I think this is probably where we'll end the podcast. But it's it's a quote from Gemma Davis, um, and she was been speaking with the uh, Villa women social media um, recently about how Perslow's intent for the women's women's team is is visible. Basically, you know, he did an interview after uh, Jody Hutton's uh, contract, saying that he wanted to increase, uh, you know, Villa's standing in the women's game. And uh, Davies came out and said, "The support and guidance has uh, definitely helped me. I think that the intent from the football club is huge, and that's been reflected in some of the signings we've made. Um, and you know, we've we've brought in uh, Shania Hales, Charlotte Greengrass." Uh, Natalie Haig, um, two young, uh, well, I'll, I'll do it individually. Shawnee is a young striker who's played for England at under-19 level. Um, Charlotte Greengrass is a young midfielder. Um, I believe she's also represented England at a youth level. Um, not to the same level as Shawnee, although I believe, though. Uh, Natalie Haig is a very experienced centre-back. She's played for... Um, Norjaland, I think, is the pronunciation. Uh, she's played for Yeovil. You're going to laugh at me for knowing this. Norzaland. Really? Yep. Ah, that's disappointing. It doesn't look anything like it, does it? No. Why, it's why, it's, it's, it's Norzaland. Why have a J and a weird and A and an E if it's going to be pronounced that way? And completely bypass the D. All right, go, carry on. <laughs> um, 
She's also played for the new championship side, Carventry United as well, I believe. Um, there's also signings such as Marissa Ewers, who comes from Birmingham City. She's also a previous German youth international and used to play for Bayer Leverkusen women. Uh, she's another experienced signing. And then more youngsters in Emily Soim, who's currently or has currently been uh, representing England at the Under-19 Women's Euros. Uh, Melissa Johnson, who's a young striker, and young defender Ella Franklin. Um, you know, it, it's important that the new vision's been being followed, and you know, it's it's exciting to see, you know, nine signings for the men and six signings for the women. Yeah, there's there's something really really special going on with Aston Villa as a football club, not only for the Villa women but also for the men's team as well. Listen. You, the, these players that are brought in for the villain women's team, they are quality. And yes, some of them are a little bit younger and they're going to grow. Um, the more I look at the signings that the villain women have made, it, it makes me think that there is going to be a, a small little girl at bold mirror watching these games this season. And with the improved quality, you know, th- this little girl is going to look on with, with these eyes and they're big wide eyes. And they're looking like, okay, I'm really into this. These girls are really good. And then she's going to turn to her mom and her dad and go, I want to do this. I want to play professional football. Why can't I do this? Who says I can't do this? And it's really going to spur on not only the relationship between younger females that are looking for a positive female role model in their life, but also quality football players as well. So I think that's a vision that it may not be being talked about a lot at Aston Villa, but for me, like that, that matters. And like you see it even over here in the States, um, a multitude of my friends have, have children and, you know, both male and female. And, you know, when they go to sporting events, it, it, especially if they go a couple times and they really get into it and they actually have be, uh, they're actually able to concentrate, it always turns out to, hey, dad, I want to I really want to do this. Hey, mom, I really want to do this. That is what it's all about to me. So with Aston Villa uh, women do, doing these things, like personally said, of, of getting, you know, you know, may, I don't want to say better players in the club, but maybe more promising players into the club to really make a go of it to really show that, you know, the women's game is just exciting as the men's game. I think it's great. Uh, what do you feel about the signings? Do, do you think that, that um, with Perslow and with Gemma Davies, like, you, do you think that there's a connection there? They really, really, really want to start showing off how important uh, women's football is in the Midlands? I, I think so, yeah. And, you know, this is highlighted by the fact that uh, earlier in the summer they were advertising for a head of women's football role uh, at the club. So, you know, it, they definitely want to progress their standing in the game they definitely want to challenge for promotion this season with the likes of Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester United uh, leaving the league uh, after being promoted last season and I think you know you you hit the nail on the head with the start of your last little uh, monologue there and that there is something special happening at the the women and there's something special happening at the club as a whole and I think we've just got to sit back and enjoy the ride really yeah I, I love it um it's just, there's so exciting times for Villa. Like this literally, like you can probably go back a year. You could rewind a year from right now. And I felt like death about Aston Villa. You know, we're there. It's just, yeah, things weren't great. And I don't think people were really understanding the the monumental change, the fundamental changes that have happened with Aston Villa. It's a football club with, uh, n- there's, there's really no in-house fighting anymore. Like whether it be on social media or in public, it's just there's so much camaraderie and oneness right now with this club all the way through everyone from the youngsters to the coaching staff to the players. This is a really, really exciting time, maybe the most exciting time since I've been an Aston Villa supporter. So for me, this is massive. But if you rewind back to a year ago, none of us, 
None of us were prepared for the news that we were getting. None of us were prepared for that. So to come from there, and yeah, it's only a year. It's only 365 and a fourth. But if you really, really like think about it, this is outrageously cool. Like this is a really, really like fun time to be an Aston Villa supporter. And we don't know how the Premier League season is going to go. But as of right now, I wish I can stay in this little pocket of space and positivity and oneness with the club for the rest of my life. Because I really think that with Wes Edens and Sararis coming in, the inclusion of Perslow, Dean Smith coming through the door, these are all such positive things. I, you know, I, I just think that you know, you almost have to force yourself to take a step back, take a deep breath, and be like, "Wow, look at how this past year has gone." I would have never thought it would have went this way. Never in my wildest dreams. And I think that is probably the best place to end this podcast. I don't think we can. Uh, I think we've peaked, Mark. We've peaked. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a, a like, a subscription, a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, let us know if you enjoyed it on social media. We always appreciate good feedback. Even if it's bad feedback, let us know. Um, we've currently sent, for anyone listening that has ordered the uh, first issue of the magazine, we've currently sent off a test print for that. So we're waiting to get that back. Some edits will be made and they will be sent out to you shortly in the coming weeks. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp, Instagram at Under a Gaslit Lamp, Facebook forward slash Under a Gaslit Lamp. And you can keep up to date on all the latest Villa news, opinion, uh, absolutely anything you can think of Villa Boys at www.underagaslitlamp.com Thank you for listening.